Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Do right by the victims and survivors of Rob Elementary. Terminations, criminal prosecutions. It's hard enough to walk out and see a cop that you know was standing there while our babies were murdered and bleeding out. Pain and a plea for accountability in Uvalde, Texas, after the Department of Justice reveals multiple police failures in the school shooting that killed 21 people. It was a complete breakdown and lack of leadership. The CBS Evening News starts right now. Good evening, everyone. I'm Major Garrett in for Nora. Thank you for joining us. We will have more on that Department of Justice report on the Uvalde school shooting in a moment. But first, coast-to-coast winter storms are blanketing the country with snow and a blast of cold air. More than 80% of all Americans will see below average temperatures this weekend. At least 60 deaths in the last week are being blamed on the weather due to car accidents, hypothermia, and heart attacks. Plus, for the fifth time this week, the United States has launched airstrikes on Iranian-backed Houthis inside Yemen. CBS's Charlie Daggett is with Marines on a Navy warship in the Mediterranean, where they are preparing for a possible escalation of the war in the Mideast. But we begin with news in Uvalde, where Attorney General Merrick Garland released a nearly 600-page report on the shooting at Robb Elementary School. It confirmed the worst fears of the victims' families, that their loved ones were failed by police. Nineteen children and two teachers were killed in the school shooting, while 376 law enforcement officers waited outside the school. CBS's Lilia Luciano has the reaction tonight from Uvalde. The law enforcement response to the mass shooting at Robb Elementary was a failure. In a devastating new report, the Department of Justice blames cascading failures in leadership, decision-making, tactics, policy, and training for why police waited 77 minutes before confronting the gunmen at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde. 
Associate Attorney General Vanita Gupta led the investigation. Have you seen a bigger policing failure in your career? The Justice Department have never seen anything like this. The goal of the Justice Department's engagement has been to learn from these lessons. After reviewing over 14,000 pieces of data and more than 260 interviews, the report lays much of the blame on then-school police chief Pete Arredondo and his failure to treat it as an active shooter situation and not send all available resources towards the threat until entry was made into the classroom. It had the law enforcement agencies followed generally accepted practices, lives would have been saved, and people would have survived. Arredondo instead chose to evacuate other classrooms and wait for keys, backup, and tools. Can you tell the police to come to my room? I already told them to go to the room. We're trying to get someone to you. A student from inside the classroom called 911 asking for help. An officer still waited nearly 40 minutes before stopping the shooter. Only a handful of officers at the scene have lost their job or resigned. Because the DOJ stamp is on there, maybe y'all will start taking us seriously now instead of telling us to move on, telling us to sweep it under the rug and not doing a damn thing about it. Jasmine Caceres, whose nine-year-old sister Jacqueline was killed, fears there will be no accountability from the Uvalde County District Attorney. She's been doing her investigation just as long as the DOJ has. The DOJ has no jurisdiction over this. They can't prosecute. She can what else does she need to be able to move forward? Since the Uvalde school shooting, districts across the country have reassessed their security protocols. We began to look at our, our door uh, configurations, ensuring that they are uh, able to be locked and, and secured at all times. Uh, we began to look at the need to have an armed officer on each campus. Lilia joins us now from Uvalde. Lilia, the central question for the families, will there be criminal charges arising from this report? Well, Major, I pressed the DOJ precisely on that question today because the DA doesn't provide any answers. I asked the DOJ, could any of those failures lead to criminal charges? They said it is up to the state of Texas and the DA. The DA has had, as you heard, the investigation from the Texas Rangers now for a year. I reached out today to ask, with this one too in hand, whether or not they will present any evidence to a grand jury. We are still waiting for a response. Major. Pressing for more answers, Lilia Luciano, thank you so much. Now to the snow, ice, and freezing temperatures battering communities in the Pacific Northwest. In some parts of the upper Midwest, lake effect snow is being measured in feet. CBS's Carter Evans reports deaths in at least 13 states are being blamed on this winter freeze. Tonight, blinding snow and dangerous ice continue to torment vast regions of the country, making driving dangerous and even venturing outside deadly. Throughout this period of storm, we are averaging around 900 to 1,000 calls a day. Here in Portland, a horrific loss of life caused by this Arctic blast. Three family members killed and a nine-month-old injured after power lines fell on their SUV while they were inside. Neighbor Daniel Buck heard the boom. We saw that the tires uh, on the car were on fire. Were they panicking? They, they, were, they were panicking, yeah. They were uh, trying to get out of the car as fast as they could. He says the family escaped, and that's when they were electrocuted. They ran down the sidewalk, and part of the line was in the uh, in the water. And it, it, at that point, they'd already walked uh, where the rest of the line had landed. It was, it was just horrible. It was a horrible thing. 
18-year-old Majaya Washington managed to save the baby. Were you worried you might get shocked too? That never ran through my head. I was just thinking like, I have to save this baby. In Copenhagen, New York, homes and cars are now buried in up to six feet of snow. In nearby Rochester, authorities are investigating an American Airlines plane that slid off the runway. Meanwhile, a massive ice jam along the Kankakee River in Wilmington, Illinois, is pushing closer to homes. And in Indianapolis, EMS workers are responding to four times as many cold weather emergencies as they did this time last year. We've had uh, people so cold that they needed resuscitation. Now, down power lines are common in winter storms, and if one were to land on your car, experts say you should stay inside until the line is de-energized. If you have to get out, you should jump with both feet first so you're not touching the car and the ground at the same time. Major? Such valuable information. Carter Evans, thank you so much. We all want to know where this brutal weather is headed next, so let's bring in meteorologist Chris Warren from our partners at the Weather Channel. Chris, good evening. Good evening, Major. Snow and ice finally coming to an end in the Pacific Northwest. Snow lingering a little bit longer in the Pacific Northwest. But by the overnight hours into early Friday, it'll just be a few lingering snow showers in the North Washington Cascades, North Idaho, and the Inland Empire of Washington. The next weather system going through the Northeast, generally one to three inches higher amounts in the mountains with lake effect snow lingering even into Saturday. And then once again, dangerously cold temperatures. It'll be freezing all the way down to the Gulf Coast. Wind chills will be 40 below in some northern locations. And then major some much welcome warmth on the way. Parts of the south next week with above average temperatures will be back into the 60s and even 70s. We will welcome the warmth. Chris Warren, thank you. President Biden said today U.S. military strikes against Houthi targets in Yemen, quote, will continue. But the president acknowledged the Iranian-backed militants so far remain undeterred in their attacks on commercial vessels in the Red Sea. This against the backdrop of the ongoing war between Israel and Hamas. CBS's Charlie Daggett is tracking it all tonight from aboard the USS Bataan in the Mediterranean Sea. We join Marines from the 26th Marine Expeditionary Unit out of Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. They're home for more than six months and counting the USS Bataan, the amphibious warship and Navy workhorse that's been center stage for U.S. military action here. The USS Bataan had been in the Red Sea. It was then shifted to the Mediterranean because of the circumstances in this region. And now it's been deployed indefinitely. Four, five, three, one, Tails clear. Equipped with Harrier fighter jets and spearheading a quick reaction force that includes a full contingent of more than 2,000 U.S. Marines. The Marines should have sailed home by now, too, but the war in Gaza and the regional repercussions it triggered changed all that. In complete darkness, Harriers soar into the night sky, running drills and making their presence known along this stretch of the Mediterranean. What's happening here on deck now after dark is all about readiness. This ship and the aircraft on it have been specifically deployed due to growing threats across the region not only as a deterrent, but ready to respond if necessary. From the Houthis, where the U.S. launched another wave of ship and submarine-launched missiles on suspected Houthi targets in Yemen overnight. Oh. 
to Iran, whose forces released this video today, holding air defense exercises in its own show of power. The fights between Israel and Hezbollah worsening by the day. The Marines here remain in reach of both Israel and Lebanon should they be called upon to fight, provide humanitarian assistance, or even evacuate thousands of Americans who live in both countries. The unit's motto, ready, relevant, and capable, seems more apt than ever tonight. A U.S. official tells CBS News that the U.S. military has managed to take out enough of the Houthis' air defense system to enable drones to fly over Yemen, providing the kind of surveillance they didn't have a week ago. Major? Charlie Daggett, thank you. Congress avoided a government shutdown with one day to spare, passing a temporary spending bill that keeps the lights on and agencies funded into early March. Congressional leaders earlier this month reached a tentative agreement on a more comprehensive $1.6 trillion spending agreement, but the details there still have to be hashed out. The New Hampshire primary is kicking into high gear, and it appears to be a two-person contest between Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. CBS's Caitlin Huey Burns reports on the growing pressure on the former U.N. ambassador to close the gap. All eyes are on New Hampshire. Tonight in the Granite State, Nikki Haley is sharpening her attacks against her chief rival, Donald Trump. It's the drama and the vengeance and the vindictiveness that we want to get out of the way. That pitch resonated with independent voters we spoke with. I think she really needs to go after President Trump, former President Trump more. Really been a little more aggressively. I voted for Biden. Um, however, um, I, I do believe that we need to change. But she still has an uphill climb. With five days to go, Haley is barnstorming New Hampshire as Trump maintains a steady lead in the polls. Hey, Governor, is New Hampshire make or break for your campaign? got to go to my home state of South Carolina. So then the question is, is what is her path in South Carolina? Because I don't think if you lose your home state that you can continue. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is heading to South Carolina, hoping for a warmer reception, all but seating frosty New Hampshire, where he's polling in the single digits. If she wins, Biden wins. Trump is eyeing a solid New Hampshire win to shore up the nomination early, and Haley supporters are managing expectations. We wanted to get down to a two-person race. We did it. How do you think it is that Donald Trump is still way ahead here? Well, he's the incumbent. Right? I mean, he's the former president. I mean, the fact that this is a former president that can barely hold 50% of his own party's support, that actually isn't so good. And Haley had New Hampshire to herself today. Donald Trump was off the campaign trail attending his mother-in-law's funeral down in Florida. But he will be back here tomorrow to campaign with rallies scheduled through the weekend. Major? Caitlin Huey Burns, thank you. We learned today the president's son, Hunter Biden, has agreed to sit for a closed-door deposition with congressional investigators as part of President Biden's impeachment inquiry. Republicans threatened to hold the president's son in contempt of Congress after he refused to answer questions privately in December, saying he preferred to testify publicly. Hunter Biden will testify to the committee next month. In tonight's Eye on America, we examine the devastating impact foreign imports are having on the U.S. shrimping industry. Domestic shrimpers are asking the federal government to level the playing field as overseas shrimp, often subsidized, floods the market. CBS's Mark Strassman traveled to Charleston, South Carolina, and met fishermen just trying to stay afloat. Off South Carolina's coast, 
Rocky Magwood shrimps with a jumbo problem. It's worse right now than we've ever seen. Plummeting prices for his catch. Is this driving people out of business? Very much so. I mean, people are dropping like flies out of this business. The issue, imported cheap shrimp from Asia. Grown in pond farms like these, often subsidized by foreign governments. It's idled many of the state's roughly 300 shrimpers. I would love to be out there at least six days a week. And how many days are you on the water? Two to three now. Because there's no market? No market. In 2022, local shrimpers here got 573 per pound. Last year, 339 per pound, down more than 40%, which they say barely covers their costs. Patrick Rooney's restaurant serves only locally caught shrimp. He pays more because he says local shrimp tastes better. You could do cheaper. We could, we could, but uh, that's not what people want. What shrimpers here want, a U.S. tariff on foreign competition. You're a fourth generation shrimper. Are you afraid that there won't be a fifth? I have a son that's five right now. He won't be able to do this the way it's going right now. There's no way. And you're not being melodramatic? No, it's, this is just the facts. To keep shrimping, first, they have to catch a break. For Eye on America, Mark Strassman, Shem Creek, South Carolina. We have new information tonight about a Shark Tank adventure that ended with a 10-year-old boy being bitten on the leg. That's next. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and gift mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. An update tonight on the 10-year-old Maryland boy bitten by a shark earlier this week in the Bahamas. Police say the boy was released from the hospital last night and airlifted home. He was bitten on the leg while taking part in a shark tank exhibit at the Atlantis Resort. The company that runs the exhibit says a dive instructor and guide were with the boy. They say this is the first time anyone has been bitten at the exhibit, which remains closed during an investigation. A SpaceX Dragon capsule is on its way to the International Space Station after a successful launch this afternoon from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. The four-member all-European crew includes the first astronaut from Turkey. It is the third crewed mission for the private company Axiom Space and is being led by former NASA astronaut Michael Lopez Alegria, who holds dual U.S. and Spanish citizenship. The crew will spend about two weeks aboard the ISS conducting experiments. Tonight, we'll take you on board a $2 billion floating resort. 
That is next. The world's largest cruise ship, Icon of the Seas, is days away from its maiden voyage. It's been described as a floating city and is almost as long as the Empire State Building is tall. CBS's Chris Van Cleve got exclusive access to a test cruise and provided this iconic preview. Welcome aboard Icon of the Seas, a $2 billion floating resort. At nearly 1,200 feet long, it's the world's largest cruise ship. Its 20 decks have room for up to 7,600 passengers who can enjoy seven pools, theaters, a casino, and more than 40 places to eat and drink. Include the crew, and you're at nearly 10,000 people. We didn't seek to build the world's biggest. That growth purely came organically through the experiences that we wanted to create. The average stateroom for a seven-day Caribbean cruise costs about $3,500 for two people. But a hundred grand gets this ultimate family townhouse. It took my breath away. Kevin Curran will be on Icon's inaugural cruise. It's just the massiveness of it is is the draw. Post-pandemic, cruising is surging in popularity. A record 36 million passengers are expected in 2024. With a ship this size, health and safety pose new challenges. What do you guys do differently today than what you were doing before? This ship has the largest medical center we've ever built on a ship before. We've created new protocols coming out of the pandemic to handle health and safety issues of all sorts. We've been very careful about the flow of fresh air throughout our vessels. If you're in your stateroom, you're breathing only your own air. The cruise industry as a whole is under scrutiny for pollution. A 2021 report found a large cruise ship can have a carbon footprint greater than 12,000 cars. But Royal Caribbean says Icon is greener than its predecessors, running on natural gas, treating its own waste, and making its own water. It's also got a lot of things to try. <laughs> like the first onboard water park with six water slides. Oh, this is a bad idea. Chris Van Cleve, CBS News, The Bahamas. The NFL announces pregame entertainment for Super Bowl 58. We'll tell you who's on the roster next. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Finally tonight, country music superstar Reba McIntyre and singers Post Malone and Andra Day will headline the pregame festivities for Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. The NFL said that McIntyre will sing the national anthem, Post Malone, America the Beautiful, and Day, lift every voice and sing. All of this ahead of the big game. And speaking of the big game and these star-studded festivities, you can watch it all right here on CBS and Paramount Plus on Sunday, February 11th. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett. Good night.
If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.